the governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a gopher, one's a hog guy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a pot of Rosedale, a bronze pig full of hot takes. I'm Ben, a Hawkeye fan, here with Eric, gopher fan. Eric, week one in the books. How you feeling? It's over. Big Ten season has started. Uh, week one's over. We're both both our teams are victor victors. We both yeah. won. Yeah, I think both our teams. I'm have... not feeling great. You said asked me how am I feeling. Not feeling great. Yeah, both our teams have some some cause for concern. I think both of us on the offensive side of the, of the equation, um, running the ball in particular. But we'll get into it. But you, you did get the big win Thursday. Big time. Big win. I mean, hey, you're gonna win a Big Ten West title. You don't want to start off with a loss to Nebraska. You're right. You can't you you can't go undefeated if you lose the first but game. But how did it, I mean how did it feel to have your team be basically an exact copy of the Iowa Hawkeyes? Did that feel good? Watching you mean that? last year's Iowa Hawkeyes or just overall? Because they threw Could the be ball. This year's constantly. as well. We'll talk about Iowa. I don't think uh, they resembled Iowa at all. This year. I'm talking about they didn't they didn't look like Iowa last Thursday? Your Gophers didn't look like 2022 Iowa when they I had... I suppose very similar offense. I, I was... The first two drives, they looked unstoppable. So, uh, Gophers never looked that good. But Okay, but Iowa was playing UTSA. But, so, fine. We'll do it your way. 2022 Iowa. That is exactly how Iowa won games in 2022. Dumb luck. Gophers, yes, okay. I'll, like I'll give you that. Turnovers and... Timely turnovers and dumb luck, yeah. And... Complete inability to run the football. I mean, I said Gophers. I'll say this. I'll, I think Nebraska might be pretty good this season. Oh, okay. Very, very solid defensively. The quarterback is kind of a dummy. Like, he made some really, really poor decisions. And that's yeah, the only reason picks. the Gophers won. Yeah, that, that interception in the goal line was just idiotic. Um, yeah, it was but, a bad read. Matt Rule sure? set a coach, I think. I think they'll be pretty good. Okay, interesting. I'm not sure. Nebraska couldn't do much else well either. It was just quarterback runs. That was really their offense. Quarterback otherwise was pretty non-threatening. They scored a touchdown on the, a gadget play that almost went horribly wrong. Yeah. Uh, it could have gone very, very badly. Luckily for them, it didn't. But, yes, the four turnovers uh, is exactly how we'll the go for secondary is pretty good. I no, I, Wally looked great. I thought Wally yeah. looked great. But the Gophers couldn't run the ball. Clearly, they missed Ibrahim. Nope. Uh, 25 carries for 55 yards. Not good. That's bad. Um, I couldn't really tell. I mean, it looked like the, the Gophers' offensive line was a work in progress. Kaliak Manis. He had time kinda, to throw. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes he made some really nice plays. Sometimes he scrambled. Uh, I mean, his numbers weren't great either. 44 attempts, 24 completions through a bad interception he also had a bad pick yep he seemed to like stare down receivers a lot uh-huh. a lot of that just but like he I- made some big like third down throws like he 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 is definitely better he's definitely the best quarterback we've had in a while i think better I think than tanner right. morgan uh i think you're right and you can make some throws and they missed chris Ottman bell i think it hurt the receiving core Quite a bit. Um, Daniel Jackson showed up really huge. I know we got to talk about that catch. If we're if we're just jumping into Gopher talk here, I, well, um, we are. Sorry. That that go, that catch at the goal line on fourth down, like when your team is you absolutely need it in the fourth quarter. Well, the game's over if they don't. If, if they catch don't it. catch it, game's over. He, 
a bad throw. It was, I mean, it was yeah. too far. He actually overthrew the first guy too. Uh, yeah, the play oh, yeah. before it. Yep. But to, I, I've never seen someone, do, you know, Chris Carter was like, you know, NFL legend. Chris Carter was legendary with the like sort of leaning former out. Former Minnesota Viking. Former Minnesota Viking. Leaning out of the goal line or, or the uh, sideline and catching the ball, leaving his two feet uh, inbounds. Um, but this was something different because he had his one foot, st- he stayed behind him to drag the toe. And his other foot was, he just sort of like acrobatically kept it in the air so he didn't touch the ground. I've never, just never seen anything no, like that. No, that's insane body control. Absolutely ludicrous. Yes, you're right. Like Calic Manis threw it late and it was too far to the outside. He needed to throw it earlier and a little less air under it. No, it was absolutely an But if it catch. hadn't been for the ref standing right there, looking right at his feet, and then the turf like kicking up, I, I there's no way I would have thought in real time that he caught that. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they would have reviewed it and came to the right conclusion anyway, but yeah. But the uh, ref was right there and was like, touchdown. I was like, what? No, it was, it was the play of the week in the Big Ten. I'm not saying that to pander to my Minnesota friends. It was the play, both in terms of just the physicality and insanity of making it. And then and I love also the, the, the status. I mean, what it meant. Right. You know, what it meant the at moment. the time. And then I love the kicker kicking the field goal and just immediately going fist pump without watching it go in. Love that oh, shit. Yeah. That oh, kicker's well, going to yes. be something. Sure. Sure. Take some balls. That takes some balls. Yeah. Well, I had trouble deciding how, whether it, Nebraska's defense definitely looks better. Their defense is not as bad as it was for sure. But I couldn't tell where Nebraska's defensive competence began and Minnesota's ineptitude on offense ended. I mean, it was just tough to tell. It's too early. Maybe Nebraska's got a great defense. Uh, and no, I don't think they're going to be great. I just think they're going to be better. Sure. Uh, more sure. competitive. They might still have a pretty poor record, but I think they'll be competitive this season. I think, yeah, I'd well, watch out for them. Well, they were competitive all of last year, too, and they won a bunch of one-score games. It's like they they beat Iowa. It was perfect. Of course. Great. Good for them. But So the Gophers win the $5 bits of broken chair, right? Yeah. That's the trophy they win, which is yeah. just the dumbest thing ever. Um, yeah, and big first game, big win, as is your Iowa Hawkeyes starting yeah, season we'll one and out quick. I, I mean, defense looked good other than the fourth quarter with the backups. The offense looked good a, a little bit, but really Iowa ran the ball really horribly. I mean, there's plenty of reasons for concern. They couldn't physically dominate Utah State. So we'll see. The running game was bad. Iowa's passing was actually kind of bad for a second down. It was really just third down. If you're a person who believes in clutch play, Eric, Cade McNamara was very clutch. Eight for 11 on third downs, 103 yards. Very, very big. Very, very huge. He looked he looked fine, right? He didn't look injured in any way. Oh, he looked right. injured. Oh, think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't he, notice it. He couldn't scramble at all. I mean, it was clean on the table, and they only ran it a couple of times on, on third and short, and, like, it's clear a quarterback sneak wasn't on the table because they didn't want him to get hurt. Um, but his footwork looked good. He looked in control. I mean, What is the specific injury? Is it his throwing arm? A quad strain is what, oh. uh, so it's okay. like a soft tissue muscle thing. That that's all the information. Oh, that's right, because he fell in the practice, right? There's video but without okay. being touched. Yeah, he yep. just kind of went that's down. That's right. Um, so he's probably, I would guess, he's going to be hobbled all year. Uh, so no, it, it affects him, but it was it was still an upgrade. He had a couple of big throws in the fourth quarter where the defense was bearing down on me, but he knew exactly when to get rid of the ball, how long it was going to take, when the guy was going to get open. And he made some huge throws that set up the, the final touchdown, and then they you know, let him sit. So upgrade there. They've got two really good tight ends. 
We'll see the wide receivers a little early. Seth Anderson had the touchdown, although the defender fell down. But we'll see. Be anxious to see what the offense can do against a very good Iowa State defense. That's going to be the best thing. We'll get there. So I don't have much to say about Iowa. It was not a fun game, not super sexy, not as many points as we'd like. But it, whatever, it's fine. They got it done. Let's move on. So other than your Gophers, what's your big takeaway from week one, Eric? Well, the big takeaway I think is Purdue losing uh, outside of you know our teams that we care about. Uh, losing to Fresno State at home. I, and I know, you know, we talked to Purdue's uh, expert, and he was concerned about that game. Yeah. Really talking Fresno State on the radar as, as a potential upset. And they did. I think that that shows Purdue might be taking a step back from last uh, I year. I believe one of us predicted Fresno sure. State to win. Yep. I think so one of us on this podcast did. Maybe, maybe you were right. Um, we'll see. I, I mean, their defense looks to be the big issue, and they gave up a bunch of yards in the passing They game. were supposed to be more balanced, was what we were told. More of yeah, a they balanced, balanced team. They couldn't no. run the football. Um, uh, they could pass the ball very well. I mean, one of my takeaways, it won't be my one takeaway, is Dion Ferb for Purdue is really, really good. I'm worried that guy's going to shred Iowa. Get four catches for 152 yards, uh, a couple of touchdowns. Um, I mean, Purdue could chuck the ball just the same as ever. I mean, they had uh, you know, good amount of passing yards are very explosive. Um, it's just more their their defense. I mean, they gave up yeah, close to 500 yards, 487. So yeah, I think we'll see. Yeah, I mean they're going to be yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get to next week, but yeah, they've got they've got a challenge ahead. Got to fix the defense. Um, well, how about you? Take, Other takeaways from week one in the big. My center? big one is that I feel sort of you know, vindicated. It's early. It's one week, but Illinois defense. Didn't look great. They gave up 400 yards to Toledo, um, and they barely won that game. It's actually a pretty fun game. A lot of back and forth, but the defense was just maybe not quite so excellent as it was last year, and I think that's going to be a problem for Illinois because they're going to have a harder time moving the ball, I think, against some big Ten defenses. So that was my big takeaway. And then I'm hoping Ohio State's offense is bad. I mean, they, they didn't score a lot of points against Indiana. So maybe – They'll struggle, and I can hit the under with my Ohio State prediction. We'll see. But for me, it's just that I think Illinois Illinois' defense thus far looks not super imposing at this stage of the game. Yeah, barely barely won their game. Uh, snuck out a victory and uh, against Toledo, by t- yep. a two-point victory. So. Yep. So that's, not great. That's fine. I am going to ask Eric. This doesn't have to be a takeaway. We'll move on to week two. Wisconsin wins 38-17, gets a bunch of yards. Does that do anything to make you more or less worried about Wisconsin? Yeah, the, the, the scoring numbers, the air, this air raid bullshit, um, the fact that they're putting up you know, putting up some numbers does worry me a little bit. Well, because if, the, if they really can, I mean, if they're going to have the Wisconsin defense and then an air raid offense that can score a lot of points, that is pretty terrifying. Um, and we'll see. Early returns in the air raid are not not all that much. They ran the ball a bunch, so they. The final numbers they ran the ball forty times, which is a lot, and they got three hundred fourteen yards. So really, they, they I mean they were great passing the ball, but but well not great, but they were good. Twenty four for thirty seven, one hundred and eighty nine yards, but not an insane passing attack. I think they just dominated Buffalo physically. Um, three hundred rushing yards is an awful lot. I mean that was almost eight yards a carry. 
that's really good across. Yeah, I just years. think the sco- scoring numbers, you know, being able to sure. score at that rate is is a little scary. Okay. Sure. Okay. So maybe a I little think the, bit. The, the, uh, Penn State's dominance too, I think, is another noteworthy item from Week One. They looked pretty good. They were in that oh, primetime yeah. game, and uh, watched a little bit of that. They looked pretty dominant. Yeah, truthfully, I feel uh, all of our over-unders, I feel like pretty much spot on with every single one. I mean, shout out to Rutgers. Oh, look at you pat yourself on the back, mister. I, I think I got everything right. I, it's early. We'll see. But, I mean, I don't know. Is Northwestern Northwestern's going to – you had Northwestern for the over. Is there any way they're going to win? They're going to go on a run, buddy. Yep, they're going to go on a run. a last 11? I mean, they have a they're just, They were saving their point. They only needed seven to, to against records. They're saving them. They're going to put I, them all up here. In I actually field. watched a good chunk of that game, and I kind of just felt bad. Do for you hate yourself? You watched Northwestern records? Well, there's nothing else. We didn't have the NFL. wasn't there. You know, my fantasy team Last doesn't Last Sunday matter. until February without uh, without a game. Right. Without a NFL game. Right. So, you know, I was just like, let's check on it. And I was like, man, this is this is bad. Um, it's just going to be a rough season for the Northwestern Wildcats, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think they get to three wins. I feel pretty good that they win less than three, but we'll see. So, all right, that's that's a quick wrap up of week two, week one. Let's move on to week two. Let's uh, dive into the fun here. So, Friday night action gets started. We got Indiana State in Indiana. Okay, do we need to say anything else about Indiana State at Indiana? There's not even a line. Is that the Larry Bird game? Yeah. That's his old school, I think, yes. Well, he went to Indiana State, but I think he had originally committed to Indiana, which I'm finding out. I watched the winning time show about the Lakers and Larry Bird. Apparently his dad committed suicide. Didn't know that. But he had originally committed to Indiana and then quit school, and then his dad killed himself, and then he went to Indiana State. Apparently tried out in jeans and just dominated the team, which is pretty sure. cool. Anyway, so Larry, the Larry Bird game. No, I don't Look, care about that. No, it's just, it's irrelevant. Indiana's going to win. But here's where it's a little interesting. We'll talk yeah. about this one a little bit. Can uh, Illinois traveling to Lawrence to take on the Kansas Jayhawks? And Illinois is actually three-point underdogs here. Now, I, I'm on not the road. Sh- right, right. Yeah. I, I'm not going to show up. I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be Kansas all the way. Um, I'm an Illinois hater in 2023 and i think it's going to be the jayhawks that get it done what do you think Eric? i think illinois wins this game okay i kind of need them to because i think i picked the over for them so uh need need them to win no big 10 games this week right no oh yeah no actual no big, big 10, 10, big 10 matchups games, yeah. yeah correct yep we're back to uh yeah now just a bunch of true non-conference weekend yes for, mostly for bland slate of games but yeah, Although, that, yeah that should be a very close game uh and we'll learn a lot about illinois but i still think illinois makes wins this game kansas is they're better but they they haven't traditionally been a very good football school well neither has illinois but fair enough we'll see we'll see friday but let's get you started now it's saturday and there's actually so you got two games let's just get rid of these two straight away youngtown state Visiting Ohio State, no line, Meh, nothing. Who cares? Same thing with Delaware traveling to Penn State. Matt, Penn State's going to put up seventy or whatever. Don't care. Right. I will right. not be checking those games out. It's not very fun. But the other two we've got, and we actually do have some pretty good non-conference games. This isn't just pure trash. 
Nebraska travels to Colorado and Purdue travels to Virginia Tech. So a couple, three, actually, well, let's see. Here's four Big Ten teams going on the road to take on non-conference, but five, actually. Uh, Wisconsin's traveling to uh, Washington State, so we'll get there, too. But um, we'll just had Illinois and Kansas the night before. Nebraska and future Big 12 team, Colorado. After, so are you a believer now in the Buffaloes? Did Deion Sanders convince you, Eric? No, I'm not a believer yet. But okay. pretty amazing turnaround. That wide receiver looks unbelievable. And his son is the quarterback. I, I heard their, the Heisman line for those guys just like jumped significantly after last week. Oh, sure. That they're now a like, potential contender. So if they win this game, both those guys do well. Or if they on the short list for Heisman... Uh, I think so. Pretty right. interesting. Those are yeah. those would be two two big wins. Colorado's a what a three point favorite. Yep, the line swung a lot, but yes, Colorado's yeah. now three point favorite. Now they're a ranked team. They're twenty second. Yep, but the game's in Boulder. I, I'll be curious to see how good Nebraska's defense really yeah. is. This will matter more. I, 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 I would pick Nebraska in the upset here. Oh, I'm not going to do that at all. I can't do it. I can't. I won't. Dion, your guys have to get this done. Uh, nothing else for my sake. Beating the buffalo, uh, beating the buffalo. I just no, no, no. I I can't do it. So I, I've got to hope. Plus, I guess I'm on the camp that I think Minnesota is basically just a Big Ten West bad offense. So their defensive numbers were less impressive. We'll see, we'll see. But um, that's a game I will definitely be checking out. And then we've got Purdue visiting Virginia Tech, also three point unders. A lot of three point underdogs. Um, so just a lot of a lot of road underdogs. Uh, Virginia Tech is a team I know almost nothing about, so we'll see. I just I don't know. I need Purdue to come come back. They need to win this game. Well, they need to, but are they going to? I I I don't think they do, but I really want them to. Okay, so you're rooting to be wrong. Yeah. So we both I I think Purdue loses. We'll we'll yeah. see. I think they start out on too. Their their offense. I mean, it looks it looks looks like classic Purdue so far. Early on, we've got explosive passing offense, uh, not great running, no, not great running game, and, and a, just a, a bad defense. So we'll see. But those are gonna be two fun fun games. So now we get to the afternoon slate, and let's we can crank out UNLV. Okay, is is playing Michigan in our thirty six point favorites. Okay, yep, yeah. yeah. onward. Also, sticking in the state of Michigan, Michigan State's hosting Richmond. No line. Also, going to yachty out of that one because it's really uninteresting. Here's where things get a little more compelling. Uh, Northwestern. My Northwestern Wildcats. Yes. You are <laughs> king of the hype train for the Wildcats. UTEP. <laughs> University of Texas, El Paso. Win- yep. University- Northwestern wins this game. I do think they win it, too. Um, but it's going to be ugly and close because I think there's going to be one of two games that Northwestern wins this one and then their game against Howard. So I think they're going to win, but it's going to be, this is eyesore, awful, awful, awful football. Um, not going to be, not going to be fun to watch, but I do think, yes, Northwestern at least gets to feel slightly better about themselves after, uh, not losing at home to UTEP. But speaking of eyesores, the, Big one for the state of Iowa. Well, Everybody's talking about it. I think that's the game of the week. Let's talk about that at the end. I, for me, that's the game of the week. That's okay. the Big Ten game of the week, no? 
Um, it's tough. I can't be logical about it because I, I hate this game. It's not going to be fun to watch. It's going to be just stressful and miserable. Um, but we can talk about it at the end. Probably the game I, I think is most interesting and most compelling is Nebraska and Colorado. You get to see if Nebraska's defense is for real. Um, that's probably the game that I think is the most fun on paper, if I were picking that. Um, well, maybe. But, but I mean, it's the, the most important game for this podcast is Iowa. That's fine. No, 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 no. Give the people what they want. That's fine. Let's let's we'll talk Hawkeyes and Cyclones. Um, the only other, I think, the only other game of note is probably Wisconsin traveling to Washington State. Yeah. I mean the. Charlotte Maryland game that's a 24 point game. Minnesota Eastern is a 20 point game. Uh, Rutgers is a nine point game against Temple, but I mean that that should probably, you know, they'll probably score more than I mean they'll, they'll cover that. Yeah, really, I, the only other noteworthy game is Wisconsin going to Washington State. There and the Big Ten has struggled going west. That's the reason yep. why you, you you maybe think Wisconsin gets upset. Yeah, six and a half point favorites. I, I picked the upset here. I think Washington State wins this game. Well, here's where I, I don't think you're right, Eric, but I hope you're right. I think Wisconsin's going to win because I think they're going to, again, just physically dominate. And it's going to be gross. And maybe, you know, maybe Washington State covers, but ugh, I just, it's just too tough. Um, I mean, I still think the defense is going to be good. And if the passing game does start to click, then yes, it's a real watch out situation. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's the game at night. I mean, basically, to me, to me, if I'm picking a game to watch in the morning, afternoon, night, it's, you know, let's start with Nebraska-Colorado, turning over to Iowa-Iowa State, and then closing the day with Wisconsin-Washington State. And the other stuff, you can kind of take or leave with a, maybe have a second TV on for Purdue at Virginia Tech. Uh, but let's get into the Cyhawk game. The game of the week, game of the week, game of the week. The game of the week. Um, yes. Iowa has Jack beat. Trice Stadium mm-hmm. in Ames, Iowa. The Hawkeyes are traveling to. And it should be noted, uh, former President Donald J. Trump will be attending this game. So that's extra fun okay. for the state of Iowa. Extra lens. Is, is he? Is there an indictment coming in Iowa, or he's just come to the football game? Oh, he just loves the state of Iowa. Okay. It's just, just there's so many great, wonderful people. We're awesome, um, and he just wants to show us his appreciation. Uh, Iowa has, on the road, obviously crept up to four-point favorites. I think the line started at three and has moved up to Iowa a little bit. But these games, we just, I mean, just know these are how the games have gone. Since 2018, low-scoring, hideous, awful game without exception. The only real exception was when Iowa State had, like, six turnovers couple years ago in Iowa won like 27 to 17. Nobody breaks 20 points. People don't break 300 yards. It's ugly. It's miserable. It's low scoring. Iowa State is basically a Big Ten West team. They have the best defense in the Big 12 and the worst offense, at least as of last year they did. Maybe they've improved. Who knows? All they played is UNI. So they beat UNI, UNI 30 to 9. Defense good looked good. Sure. Didn't Got let up any touchdowns. Touchdown. So uh, despite all of the turnover with the gambling scandal and guys getting arrested, you don't think it's just going to be a blowout? You don't think Iowa just comes into Iowa State and crushes them? No, I don't, because I don't think there's enough reason to think Iowa's offense has approved enough to do a blowout. 
Iowa State's got a great defense, and Iowa hasn't really done diddly squat against a great defense in years. Uh, they haven't been able to get even three yards to carry against Iowa State for three years, I think it is. It's been a while since they could even get that many yards to carry. Three yards to carry is a bad number. I mean, that's not even a good target. That Iowa can't meet that that line. They have a better quarterback than they've had in a couple of years, which is cool, and uh, it won't take that many plays for Iowa to win, but no, I mean, there's just no reason to think their defense is going to be excellent. They have a great secondary. Iowa's offensive line couldn't dominate Utah State. Is Iowa going to dominate Iowa State's at least very good defensive line? I mean, doubtful. Uh, I'm not saying Iowa's going to lose. I'm saying this game's going to be just a miserable watch. Much like your you know, beloved Gophers taking on the Cornhuskers, it's just going to be that kind of one or two plays. Wins the turnover battle, maybe. Wins the sure. game. Sure. Sure. If Iowa can get Iowa State to turn the ball over four times, Iowa's got a great shot. They can get a couple of big special teams plays, sure. But there's just no reason to think Iowa's going to blow them out. I just, it's just, I mean, the over under is 36 and a half points, Eric. I mean, that's, that's a very, very low over under. It's going to be a grueling slugfest. And the quarterback. That ESPN has a matchup predictor. It looks like they have Iowa State as a 57.3% chance to win. I don't know what that means, according to um, ESPN Analytics. Yeah, You're a big analytics F- guy. Might be FPI. That's fine. I it, Iowa State has a very good chance of winning this game. It's not like a runaway. It's going to be close. Um, I, I think Iowa's probably getting docked for, you know, Utah State got a bunch of yards in the fourth quarter. And Iowa couldn't run the ball. Iowa's running numbers are almost as bad as Minnesota's, but Iowa didn't play a very good defense uh, as far as we know in Utah State. Maybe Utah State's improved. We we shall see, but I'll, I mean, I'll, I'm going to predict Iowa to win, but it's not a confident prediction. It's, it said it's, it's going to come down. I mean, it's one or two plays. It was 10, 10 to 7 was the score last year. 18 to 17. I mean, it's like just you yeah, but these... they didn't have Cade McNamara last year. They were but Cade McNamara's not healthy. Features. They can't quarterback sneak it. He can't scramble, and they can't run the ball. So it's really requiring him to make enough plays in the passing game, which really looks similar. It looks so similar to last year. Two tight ends are really good. J- John Steppy told me they have basically Fant and Hawkinson 2.0 on their offense. Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's fine. Two great tight ends and Big Ten a quarterback. West, soon to be Big Ten West champions, the Iowa Hawkeyes. You don't, you don't think this is a blowout? I think this is a blowout. I'd be shocked if this game's close. Okay, um, we're going to come back to this. A blowout for Iowa State? You're, you're, no, the, I think you know. Iowa, Iowa hangs 30 on them. <laughs> I don't know if you're being sweet half of their or mean. Team, half of their team has been charged with a crime or well, expelled. Almost all those dudes were on offense, and uh, yeah. their best defensive players are just fine and are still on the Wasn't team. Wasn't there a defensive lineman guy that was charged? One, in, one defensive okay. lineman. You think that one defensive lineman was different from them having a great defense and a like bad well, defense? Well, no, but it makes a difference. I don't know. And the thing that Iowa does best is like probably the thing that Iowa State counters the best. I mean, they've got a great secondary, so I I, I don't look at this and think I mean they're going to get shredded. Uh, it's look, I hope you're right. Uh, Thirty points sounds lovely. I mean, Brian Ferentz needs the points. 
he needs to break. To, uh, right now, he's not on target. So I, I heard I went to the tailgating uh, on Saturday. And there, so he reports directly to the athletic director now. Is that correct? He doesn't report to Kirk Ferentz anymore. He always reported to Gary Barta. Oh, technically, that's not new. No, it's not new. It just was it, meaningless. And then is this points per game part of his contract now that he he has to meet a points per game number to keep you, his job? You didn't know that. Is this news to you? I, I, I wasn't that. certain about that. Yeah, so they readjust his, con- his contract. He makes a little bit less money. And there's two things that have to happen for him to keep his job after 2023. One is win seven games. Uh, and then the other one is average 25 points a game. Yes, that's a real thing in his contract. So right now, if you... No, there's no questions about it. If he doesn't meet those metrics, he's gone. I have questions, but ostensibly, if he doesn't get those points, then... Bleep, don't let the door hit you, Brian. I mean, that's... I mean, if they go undefeated in the Big Ten and they average 22 points a game, he's still going to get fired? Uh, unlikely. Uh, no, I, I think, yes. In the event that Iowa, you know, gets the Big Ten title game and doesn't lose a game, they're probably going to be fine. But I really... <laughs> I really find that impossible. I, Iowa didn't play um, Ohio State or Michigan so we, 10 I mean, two. We didn't talk about this on the podcast. So is th- they just want to fire him. This is just a way... It's like a poison pill in his contract, a way to just fire him. You, without... That's what you think. That, I think you've told me that, and maybe it wasn't on the podcast. Maybe you were just telling me casually. But you think this is just a pretext so that Kirk doesn't have to get blamed for, quote-unquote, firing his son. Yeah, it must be, right? I mean, there's there's no other reason to put it in there, like, contractually. It, it well, takes it out of his hands. Then Kirk, Kirk doesn't have to say, sorry, son, you're fired. It's like, nothing I can do. Well, it's part of the contract. I, I think there was... Uh, well, there's a lot of reasons why maybe you would want to throw a bone to not the fans, because I don't think he really cares about the fans, but people with enough money whose opinions matter. Um, and you want to say, look, we are holding him to a basic standard. 25 points is the the quote-unquote justification is Iowa is... When Iowa scores 25 points or more, they're like... They win 90% of the time or something. I mean, they have a really good record when they score at least 25 points. So if they hit that magic number, I was very, very likely to Just win. Just for everybody's edification, they've scored 24 points. Oh, I was already Saturday. saying this. Yeah. They're behind. They're behind. Right. They need, he needs, he needs so points. He he's needs on pace burger. to get fired. Yeah. Correct. So if you do the math, you do 13 games because you're going to include the bowl game. Um, all of a sudden, the math escapes me. But let's see here. It's 325 points is what you need. So he's at he needs 301 more points in the next 12 games, and this is assuming a bowl game. And I'm I'm not worried about a bowl game. I will make a bowl game, almost certainly. If not, then he's I, fired anyways. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. So yes, he's behind. Would and this Kirk... is Utah State. This is Utah. I thought they'd run. Here's the thing, Eric. So I thought they'd run up the score against Utah State to give Brian more leeway later on against better teams. So Kirk holds no responsibility in any of this. It's just like. Sorry, it's my offensive coordinator is the reason we're not scoring points. Like, this that's so weird to me. It's, he's the freaking head coach. Hold responsibility to who? Who are you asking in this scenario? The athletic director? I, I mean, they, they renegotiated his son's contract, the, the offensive coordinator, such that he has to score a certain amount of points or he's fired. But Kirk has no responsibility in any of that and has he has no contractual obligation to score points or do anything to keep his job. Isn't that a little wild when it's his son? 
and his uh, offense all, and his of team. Of course it's wild, Eric. Of course it's wild. Do you think I'm like disagreeing with you on that? The whole situation, he got to hire his son I'm in the first place. I wondering your opinion, man. His son who had no offensive coordinator experience whatsoever. Of course it's wild. This is at least, at least there's a chance maybe that, you know, if he doesn't hit this minimum standard that he's gone for the first time, that feels like maybe a possibility. Um, no, it's very, very wild. Gary Barta just deferred to Kirk in all things. So we all, we all being the fans, I think most of us understand that the real problem with the offense is, you know, Brian doesn't deserve his job and he shouldn't have it, but Kirk is the real problem that the offense looks how it does. I mean, Kirk didn't try to hire a real offensive coordinator. He hired his son. That was Kirk's choice. And then, of course, the athletic director deferred to Kirk on this. Of course. It's silly. Gary Barta has just basically let Kirk do almost whatever he wants. He pays, you know, whenever it's time to renegotiate his contract, gives him a crap load of money and a really, really long-term deal so that he loses all leverage over Kirk. So, I mean, we all know this. Well, Gary Barta is gone. So, happy day. See what Beth Gatz does. Um, hopefully, she's, she's interim. She hasn't been named as a permanent. Correct. Director, but we right? all she's going to fire she's start firing people. Okay. We think she's the front runner for the actual gig, um, and maybe that will turn out to be not correct. But we think she's probably the leading candidate to stay athletic director. But yeah, she's not going to do anything now. But she doesn't have to. Um, and technically, she can say, "Hey, it's in the contract. It's not up to me. He didn't meet the standards, so he's fired." Um, so you know, we gotta honor what's on the paper, buddy. No, it's the whole situation's absurd. Twenty-five points is such a low metric, and against Utah State, they couldn't hit that number. I mean, that's that's where I'm at. I'm very so you're anxious. down. You're very down on this team right now. Uh, down on the offense down. for yeah. sure. I am. Okay. I mean, look, they're gonna they're gonna play much better defenses than Utah State. Much better. I mean, you're, you think Nebraska... Including one defense, on Saturday. Correct. Uh, Iowa State had a top 10 defense last year, and they they probably are, if they're not top 10, they're top 20. They're going to be a great defense. Minnesota's going to have a very good defense. You talked about Nebraska having a great defense. Penn State's going to have an elite defense. Um, Wisconsin's going to have an elite defense. There are some that maybe aren't as good, but it, yeah, sure, I will be fine against Northwestern and maybe Rutgers. Okay. Uh, they, they could not. I mean, not my, not my Wildcats. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not worried about that game. But points-wise, I mean, what there was probably not a better team on paper for Iowa to score points against than, than Utah State. Well, Western what? Michigan. They're we'll see. Put up Utah State had one of the ten worst defenses in college football last year. So we'll see. But uh, I, I mean, if Iowa can't dominate Utah State physically, who can they dominate physically? So I, I was traveling a little bit from the tailgate. And uh, I was listening to a little bit of the radio broadcast, and they said something about it. Is Gary Dolphin right? He's does he do the radio broadcast? Oh yes, oh yeah. He said something about how Utah State has like a large number of Samoan uh, members of their team. They're like Samoan descent, and he's like, of course they do in Utah. And I was like, is that a thing? It was kind of thrown away. Like I'm just that's we're just all that's like a known thing that there's a lot it's of not Samoan. To me, that's that's hilarious. He's saying there's a lot of like Samoan. Mormons? I don't know. I didn't understand what, what he said. He's just like, like, as you would think, there's a lot of Samoans and on this Utah team. Is like, why would there be a lot of Samoans in Utah? No, this is this is wild. I have no idea. Yeah, I wouldn't just assume the same thing either. I just confused. Why? Yeah, why would there be? Uh, it's not. It's not Hawaii. But maybe, yeah, maybe there's a Mormon tie in somewhere. That's the only thing I got. I mean, it's not even a coastal state. Like. I, I, no, it's 
Mormon is the only thing I can think about. What I mean, Utah uh, are Samoans Mormon? I don't think so, but that's the only thing that makes sense. But this would be if I had to come up with a hypothesis, it would be there's some sort of Mormon connection, like that I didn't know. About. Uh, if if you know and you're listening to this, uh, yeah. tweet at Ben Lewis, Ben at Ben Seward Lewis, and let him know about why there'd be so many Samoan people in Utah State. I I don't. I'm curious. Yeah, we'll see. So you've got you've got Iowa in a blowout. Blowout. You said last year and it didn't didn't pan yeah, out. Yeah, uh. thirty-seven to seven. Oh wow! Are you just trying to pander to the Iowa fans that listen to this, or are you just? I, dude, you uh, Iowa State got rid of half their team. They were like all in prison. Like, what are we doing here? This is crazy. It, it's not. It's not Iowa State's offense that worries me. Yeah, I don't think Iowa State's going to move the ball very well. It's that I was not going to move the ball very well either, and so we're just going to be stuck. And you got Michigan's former quarterback, like, and you got and he's at like Fanton, 80, he's like seventy five percent. Hawkinson, maybe. who the Vikings just made a record-setting contract to, the highest-paid tight end ever. You're telling me these guys are just as good as him, right? I didn't. I'm not saying those guys. Are, I asked John Steppy about the possibility of that. I didn't. And say he they said, were that yeah. Good. He said maybe. You know, he said. He said Could be. maybe not quite as good. They have a possibility, but more like Hawkinson and Fant Light. Well, that's fine. They were very good, but they can't. I can't. You can't. It's really tough to have a decent offense when all you have is two tight ends and a quarterback who's seventy-five percent health. Maybe. I mean, well, each week he's theoretically getting healthier, right? I no? but theoretically, but he's also playing and getting hit a bunch. So is he actually getting healthier? Each week, if he's practicing and playing against dudes who are trying their best to knock he's him out. He's got thigh bruise? Like, well, come on. What are we doing? Yeah, okay. I mean. Put some dirt he, on it. Let, let, here's, here's a – this will give you some context. You remember your guy, Sam Bradford? All-time Former Minnesota Viking quarterback. He went in he one game. He set the record for completion percentage in a single game, right? Sure. Good for him. And then his body fell apart, like crumbled to its core. And we watched that game. And it was like the end of the first half. He was forced to be in, and he just kind of fell over because he didn't yep. want to get hit. There was some of that. Imagine Sam Bradford's body being in that same position, but he just really wants to play instead. And that's kind of what it feels like with Cade McNamara. He can't move very well at all. He, he just has no ability to cut. Um or get upfield. I mean, he just can't scramble at all. It, it's so. What's your final score prediction? I, I'll go Iowa seventeen, Iowa State thirteen. Oh, not that's not great for Brian Ferentz's percentage. No, I, there's no. There's. I will be shocked if Iowa breaks twenty four points in this game. It okay. would be such a shock. So you heard it here first, folks. I, I think after the Utah State game, it's like, what's Brian's path? to getting to – he has to get to 301 points. What's his path to doing that? This is my favorite storyline of the season now. I, I guess I I remember there was talk of a uh, – I didn't know it was written into his contract. I wasn't certain about that. This okay, is – I love this. This I is didn't like do my, enough to get this into this your brain This is my favorite year, thing now. I think I talked about it. Maybe you just thought it was imaginary. No, this is a real thing. I love this so How much. He, I was not scoring 25 points against Penn State. It's not And then they'll zoom in on his points. face after, like, the end of the game. and the, to, uh, they, they need to start having a score watch on, like, a, a scrolling uh, – 
Chiron on the bottom of the screen. I, I would love that. ESPN or whomever's not going to do yes. that, but that, that exists on the internet. That's certainly on Twitter. You can find Point Watch. It, it, no, it, it is it is interesting. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, maybe Iowa scores 50 points against Western Michigan. I doubt it, but maybe. Maybe Iowa scores 50 points against your beloved Northwestern Wildcats. Maybe. Because he knows it, too, and he's going to try to run up the score if he but, can. But, 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 right, but think about this. I, he couldn't do it he's calling utah the plays right like he's literally yes, calling he the do plays it against utah state that's so he in, he's so inept at his job blow, he wants to ride the hype every he has every incentive to just blow out utah state like that's what he's gonna like yeah, he desperately needed to and he couldn't yeah. exactly i love this i love this so they much they couldn't run the ball and they had to take McNamara out probably earlier than they wanted to because he was hurt and it was so hot. Like, Iowa went up 24 it to, I think it was It was so six. hot. Holy shit, it was a hot And day. then they just, like, took him out probably too early, but they just, like, we need to let him rest. And then they kind of just shut the offense down, which also tells you just, I think, how much in pain McNamara is also. Because, yes, they would have loved to have kept him in for another touchdown drive, at least get it up to 31 Margin for error goes up. If you get to 31 points now, okay, you're down to needing like 24 and a half points a game, right? He had to want to go like think about it. If they could have put 48 points, that that would have been huge for Brian and his point total, and they weren't able to do it. And there just aren't that many opportunities to get above 20, like 25, throughout the season. It just it, there aren't that many. So anytime they go below 25, it's like it got to be a blow. So no, it's yes, we'll 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 talk about it. We'll see. You seem to think I was going to put a 30-burger. And here's the thing, though. He gets the help. He gets a little bit of help. Because special team scores, pick sixes, those count to the point total. That's all the such same. bullshit, though. It shouldn't. That if, if we're really doing this, that shouldn't count. I agree. I am, I am with you. But Kirk has said it's just the point total. It's just that number next to Iowa's name on the scoreboard that matters. I guess we got to like, so was he not under contract or they, they made him renegotiate his existence? They redid his contract. He had to redo his contract in the offseason. Why would he agree to that? Is I, it, I don't think he had much of a choice. But if he was still under contract, they, then he just has to walk away? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's like, hey, you want to stay on? This is what we need to do. This is how we're going to redo it. This is your choice or we'll just let you go. Uh, maybe. And then they'd have to pay him. I mean, or, or, or yeah, but I mean, keep in mind he's the head coach's son. So that's I, what I'm saying. Like, it's so odd. It w- was Kirk involved maybe he did in a this? Maybe his dad's like, "Hey, I want you to do this," or maybe Brian offered to do this. He's like, "Dad, I can do this." Uh, let's. Set they this had drinks. Like, they had a barbecue so, uh, this early sure. spring, and he's like, "Listen, son, you got to do this, or they're gonna fire you, and I'm gonna get fired too." So. Do this and well, Kirk's not in danger of getting fired, but everybody else, and maybe there are boosters that are like, "We want Brian gone. We're gonna not donate money. We're gonna pull out this money unless you get rid of Brian." And they said, "Look, no, 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 don't pull your money. Here's what we'll do. We'll have him renegotiate." Maybe that's what happened. But Brian's got to be furious about this, right? Like he can't be happy that how many offense coordinators in the Big Ten have ever had a score number that they had to hit to keep their job. Well, how is many that, offensive coordinators could be as bad as Brian? Keep not many, I agree. After but, just last year alone, almost every other 
program would have fired their offensive coordinator. He wouldn't sure. have, yeah. have had a job anymore. It would have just been done so. Um, and even after 20, I mean, the reason he wasn't, I mean, there wasn't more heat in 2021 is because Iowa went to the Big Ten championship game. So even though the offense was bad in 2021, it was really, really bad. Like, well, they won 10 games and went to the Big Ten championship game, so shut up. Like, well, I don't think the offense needs to be this bad. Uh, so let him keep his job. And I don't know if there's any other jobs he's going to, he's going to not get any other jobs in college. Maybe Bill Belichick would hire him again. I, I don't know. But, I mean, nobody else is going to ever hire Brian to be an offensive coordinator. This is his last shot. Um, and if he ever wants to be a head coach, I mean, I don't know, he's got to show he can do it. So there are a lot of possibilities, man, for how this could have gone down. It's bizarre. Uh, it's very, very, very bizarre. Um, but no, yeah, it adds a little, little spice. Because yeah, let's say, let's say I'm right, and Iowa doesn't break 20 points against Iowa State. When I, you're like, okay, the average goes up, then it's like you really got to find a way to put up points against Western Michigan. You got it. Next, the week after that, it's Penn State. You're going to Happy Valley for a night game. Like it's a great defense. I mean, yeah. You, it, and then we're almost halfway through the season. There, we're, we're a third yeah. of the way through the season, yeah. right? And if you're below, if you're below twenty. That many times, like, there's it, it, it is done. I mean, Michigan State's defense isn't. I mean, their offense is going to be bad probably, but their defense sure isn't. Your Gophers are going to have a good defense. Nebraska. I mean, it's it's just there aren't too many spots. Like as awful as the offenses are in the Big Ten West, the defenses are pretty generally excellent. Like, sure, you can try to put up a bunch of points on Purdue and Northwestern. Okay, but no, it's it's fascinating. We'll see. No, this is the one of the guys I talked to over Penn State was like, you just Brian just get rehired as some sort of like consultant for the team, maybe. But if, if I could just get a real offensive coordinator, that'd be lovely. Uh, that I mean, just yeah, like I mean, it's almost work. best case scenario for the Hawkeyes because he gets fired. You still kind of maintain your identity, and then it's forcing them to find like a legit offensive mind. Well, I, I don't want Kirk to have any say in the offensive coordinator. Like, I want him to get bypassed completely, and I want the new offensive coordinator to have like full control over the offense. That's what I think would be absolute best for Iowa um, and their chances of like being the best team possible. Is they just have to like seal Kirk off because he's the one that insists on the zone running scheme and doing things. Is it? The, I mean it. It is. Oh. He's been successful with his scheme and his design. Does having, like, bring in an air raid guy, does that really help? I don't care about this? it being an air raid. It doesn't have to be some sexy passing offense. You can have a competent running offense. Iowa hasn't had a very good defense offense. It's play calling. A lot of it's play calling, right? No. It's not personnel. It, it, it is personnel, first of all. The offensive lines haven't well, been Kirk's good Well, Kirk's involved in that, right? He's involved in recruiting and designing I I'm blaming Kirk for okay. for this. Yes, he's he's So, so he's do you want Kirk gone? Are you asking for Kirk to get fired? No, Eric. No, we've already done versions of this. We've already gone in circles. I I want a real offensive coordinator. It doesn't have to be the air raid. It doesn't have to be some crazy spread. I don't know how those two they don't seem to match that you what have a, a, a offensive that you say is competent and Kirk Ferentz is the head coach. Those two things I don't think gel. Well, they don't because he's had firm control, right? They had the last time they had good offenses consistently, not great, but good offenses was in the early odds. The zone running scheme, if you want to go way back to like the late 90s with Terrell Davis and John Elway, the Broncos run a, a version of that scheme. And that's when he kind of came up as a coach and he modeled some of the stuff for how they did it. 
but the personnel hasn't been great. They haven't had a guard drafted since 2012. They've had tackles. They've had some great tackles, but not guards. They've had a great center, uh, but they haven't had enough consistent talent on the offensive line to consistently run the ball against competent defenses. Wisconsin doesn't run his own scheme, and they have run the ball really well for the last 10 years. Uh, Iowa doesn't pass the ball well. They don't get good receivers. And the play calling is bad. I mean, you're, you're not wrong that the play calling is an issue, but it's far from the only issue. It's just one of many. Um, All right, so, yes, well, right. A competent we've... offense. Right. That, that's how bad it is. It's like you can't even conceive of Iowa having – like they're so entrenched as being a, the team that has bad offense. The people can't conceptualize Iowa being a competent offensive team. It's uh, it's annoying. Like it's really annoying. That's why Kirk should have no say in it. Okay. Well, anything more to add for week two in the no. Big Ten season? You you put the Kansas Jayhawks on upset alert. You put the uh, Wisconsin Badgers on upset alert. Meanwhile, I don't really have any upsets. And we're tracking Ference at twenty four. Uh, Brian Ference at twenty four points. Yeah, actually, I've got you know I, I, I take that back. I have I have UTEP on upset alert. I think okay. Northwest is going to pull the home upset against the University of Texas El Paso. I'm get my my one upset for the week, but uh, pretty little set of games. But we'll see. All right, All right. everybody, thanks for listening. Bye.